All right, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Look Mum, I'm Hustling. It's actually been our week off, first week off of the year. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think we ever had any respite at all. It's been nonstop work all week. I think we had one day off mm-hmm. yesterday and kind of a half day off earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, I need two or three days in a row to really have that sense of peace and that kind of reset vibe wash through my body. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's kind of just up and down, up and down, like stopping and starting at red lights. Yeah. Well, so I don't feel fully relaxed just no. yet. Because if it's the one day, then it's just a standard kind of like day off. But if you have a few days in a row, then a holiday, kind of proper feel, holiday, yeah, proper, proper holiday, proper vacation. Yeah. Well, because like Monday, Tuesday, you went absolutely ham with like eBay and listings and just taking photos. You had like a massive 10 hour day Monday. I was kind of there helping kind of in the background and stuff. But yeah, you were just like taking photos nonstop the whole day um, just so that we could have the later half of the back week off. But as things always happen, you know, we end up working anyway a little bit, but we did have a day off. No, well, kind of two days off if you think about it. Because one day we went driving up north to see my my dad. That and then... felt like a full time gig. I, I, know, dri- I couldn't be a truck driver or a, a long haul um, driver of any of any kind, or even doing Uber for yeah. for more than two or three hours in one stint. I fall asleep so easily in the car these days. Mm-hmm. Two hours in is probably my cap where I need to swap swap out and have swap, a little nap yeah. and then be good again. I uh, just don't have it in me, despite having coffee. Mm-hmm. Despite doing the, you know, the the eye stretches, <laughs> the slapping of the face. Changing up the music or whatever it is. But yeah, I think it's just like that long distance. You just need a rest. It's a you're dr- just like, stop, drive, revive yeah. every two hours anyway. You're like, just drink some water. All the advice you give, and it's just typical kind of mum advice, you know. Someone's falling asleep at the wheel. Put some music on. Do you want to talk to me? Drink some water. All those things do work, but they last about five minutes. There's no, there's no staying power of those things. They don't really keep you alert for 45 minutes more. What does is veering into the wrong, rain, wrong lane. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay, my, my senses are up. My alert is on point now. Well, the whole thing about doing, you know, whether it's drinking water or having a conversation, is just keeping your mind occupied doing something else other than thinking about I'm getting tired, I'm falling asleep, I feel my eyes closing. If you have like a conversation or start being engaged in like a story, then you're going to kind of be in a different mindset, like listening depends and talking the, and stuff. Depends so, who you're having a conversation with. Yeah. That might be even more boring. Like if you're, if you're having... If you're talking or going on like one of your like long conversations and stuff, then, you know, you're probably going to be wide awake and like. If I'm yeah, but- in, a, in a ranty vibe. <laughs> one thing that works for me is squinting mm-hmm. whilst falling asleep. <laughs> I don't think that works. <laughs> I've, it, I've, ter- I've turned over and I was- it's counterintuitive because your eyes are your eyes are kind of smaller than they should be to pay no, full attention to the road because it's closer but, to being. But like it's kind of like you're forcing like blood to that region, if that makes sense. Is that why you do it? Because I turn over and you're squinting. I'm like, he's not okay. <laughs> it's almost like if I have if I'm just relaxed and it's just like it's easy for my muscles to obviously relax. Yeah. If I'm squinting, it's kind of like my body has to fight the urge because I'm already like putting force and pressure into those muscles. Yeah. In saying it doesn't that, make though, it there's no scientific validation behind mm-hmm. that. Yeah. In saying that though, falling asleep at the wheels, no joke. So yeah, of you course. Know, if you are feeling tired, <laughs> make sure you pull over. I mean I've done that before. So when I first got my P plates, so I was I got them quite late. So I was like 24, 25 and you know what? I like I got them and I was like, you know what I'm gonna celebrate this? A long road trip to Victoria. <laughs> So what I did was it's not a celebration. I know. I don't know why. I just wanted to go on a road trip and like see family and stuff because they're all spread across like Victoria and stuff. So I was going to take my brother because I was living back at home at the time. So I was going to take my brother with me. He doesn't drive. And then my mom was like, you know what? I might come too. So she invited herself. She doesn't drive. Next minute you got an RV or a trailer on the back. No, of the car. so it was like a little red Yaris, like Toyota Yaris. The one you destroyed and rode off. Yep. 
Hey, someone went up my bum. You broke too suddenly. But the the uh, the, the, person set, in the, front sediment, of me the sediment's being done anyway, so it doesn't really matter. The person in fault. front of me weaved in front of me. I broke, and then the person came up behind. Anyway, that's another story. So someone had a, a banged head. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's someone smashed you. their head on the dash. I know. I'm was so bad about that. that. No, haven't been the same since. Probably not actually. Um, uh, but yeah, so I decided to you know drive 12 hours to another state um, and there was like one point where I felt like I was getting so tired and like falling asleep because obviously I was the only one that could drive out of that whole entire time. So I pulled over, they went into like McDonald's and like had a little bit of like a snack and stuff. I'm like, I need to sleep for like 20 minutes. So I just like slept in the car for like 20 minutes and then had to go on driving again. I've driven to Melbourne, I think once or twice, it took us about 10 hours. I think it's probably just a faster car than the Yaris. That's why it took you 12 hours. But Well, I was a this, B plater. So- this was peak uh, like 2000 and six or seven mm. so loaded up on v's which mm-hmm. is a, an energy drink here in australia yeah and no dose which is basically a drug to a pharmacy like an over-the-counter service station to tablet keep awake, or pill it yeah. keeps you awake for a long period of time it's probably just a caffeine pill yeah and yeah i pretty did a six seven hour stint easily mm-hmm. in the dark as well on yeah. the high on the freeway with the trucks my my one was raining for the first part as well. So I'm like, I'm this little like red pea plater, like trying to like not freak out driving long distance for the first time. And it's like raining heavily and these big trucks are like driving by. In the Yaris. Like, yeah, yeah. Your, your Yaris is probably the size of, you know, if you stack two of their tires together, mm-hmm. you get crushed. It's pretty much the same size. You get crushed in a heartbeat. 100%. Oh, you made it. You made it here. You made it to the show finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> I've been here for all the episodes. Have I missed one? Are you turned up for today? Turned up? I, th- I think so. I Not mean, turned up, turned. You need turned. The T on the end is very crucial. Well, like this is the last day of the holidays as well, and all I feel like doing is having a nap, so. So you're napped up. Napped, napped up? No. Um, uh, but yeah, so this week's been a whirlwind, so lots of work in the beginning, and then obviously lots of driving as well. Lots of lots of driving. I'm falling asleep at the thought of driving. Yeah, thoughting, thoughting asleep. Um, but yesterday we went into the city, which was quite nice. Um, a belated kind of like birthday present for yourself. So mm. went into the city, went to the Australian Museum. We should say what city it is. People are probably watching are like, we the, live in- the accents are annoying, but I can't quite pin the location Sydney. down. We live in Sydney. Sydney, Australia. Just for clarification. Yeah. The most, most popular city in Australia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we went to the Australian Museum and we saw the Ramses exhibition, which was interesting, mm-hmm. busy. But interesting. Yep, you can pull it up here just for some image references. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's called Ramses and the Gold of the Pharaohs. It's been out at the museum as their main exhibition for the last couple of months now. I think it ends in May. May. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I honestly didn't know that much about ancient Egypt. It is fascinating from a just from a, a glance. You know, obviously it's interesting the history and mm. The types of jewelry and the statues and all the monuments and everything that were built, but I don't really know that much. I didn't pay that much in pay that much attention in ancient history mm-hmm. in in school. I remember being some floods and droughts, but in terms of the succession and who was in charge and their reign and what they accomplished and stuff like that, really no clue. Mm-hmm. So um, I went in fresh faced, I guess you would say, or yep. more ob- oblivious to what we're actually kind of going to. Mm-hmm. I knew it would be interesting. Um, but I didn't know that much about Ramses himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other night we watched, I was like, I need to find a movie just to jog my lack of memory yep. in terms of what are the, what monuments will we, will we be likely seeing? Mm-hmm. Um, like what am I kind of like just prompting my memory, if that makes sense, even though there is none. Um, <laughs> so we watched 
is it Exodus? Yes, Exodus with... Gods and Kings? Kings um, and Gods? Christian Bale and... Who's the Aussie dude? Joel Edgerton. Yes. Sigourney Weaver, Aaron mm-hmm. Paul. Incredible cast. So yes. We watched this the other night, Exodus, King, Gods and Kings, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I guess, part of his story. He lived to like, he was 90. So this is obviously just when he just began his reign. Yeah. This one's his... actually more of a focus on the Christian Bale character anyway, but yes. Moses. Yes, Moses. The Moses. Yes, the Moses. You know how people name their kids Jesus or Jesus? Does anyone yeah. name their kids Moses? Yeah. I haven't seen I haven't seen many Moseses in the uh, obituaries or... I think it's more Jewish than anything else. So, okay. Yeah. But it's like it's pronounced different as well. Moses. Moses? Is the, Moses no. Um, Moses is very like Western pronunciation. Moses. So. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so this is a good movie as like a... A preliminary introduction, introduction, introductory piece of content to watch. Obviously, super old story. Uh, it's not completely accurate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is from you said the Old Testament, so it's, yeah. again, take some grain of salt with these things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if there's... I hadn't, if I hadn't watched that, mm-hmm. I would have no idea what the fuck we were doing yesterday. No, that's true. You had kind of like a rough idea about who these people were and whoever the partner was and stuff. But like, it's it, you can always get a whole bunch of you know on Yube those kind of high school sort of documentary style about them. The so old you can kind CBS, yes, yeah, with like really bad kind of like special effects or like graphics of like a breakdown of like this is what the temple would look like. So you can always find a whole bunch of those to get a better like a better idea. Um, like the artwork was crazy. Yeah, so there. let's talk through. You're more of an ancient history buff than I am. Mm-hmm. You paid attention in school, basically. Not um, not in maths though. No, Ma- not in math. math. No. Can forget about it. No, maybe that's where that's where our yin and yangs collide. I'm yeah. better at math. You're better at other stuff. History. <laughs> but yeah, so with when I finish the sentence, that's where you take over. I, know, I understand. Um, uh, but yeah, so like it just kind of like takes you through obviously his story, but the the way this kind of exhibition goes. So obviously, when it comes to ancient Egypt and finding artifacts and all that kind of stuff. There was like just so many tombs that were either rangs, ransacked or so many um, ransacked, sorry, ransacked. <laughs> ransacked. Well, they kind of made ransacked as well with the, the floods and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And there were so many that were destroyed or buried under like just layers and layers of like sand and mud and all that kind of stuff. So there's they're still kind of discovering stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, but, but when it comes to this kind of thing, because there's so many different countries that were in there and a lot of it, you know, stays in Egypt as well because it's part of their culture and that thing. So a lot of it doesn't end up traveling the world. So the exhibition that we went to was kind of a lot of on Ramses, but there's a lot of bits and pieces um, that were kind of like attached to him. Yeah, so you whether can't, there's not that many uh, artifacts that have been discovered that are specifically tied to him because yes. there's so much more underground undiscovered. Yes. So it did, it did span a few uh, timelines in different kingdoms it did, and things yeah. like that. Because um, a big thing with um, – the culture and stuff was they they would find whether it was old statues and they'll re um let's say refurbish like what's the term they would uh, redesign them reconstruct yes thank you they would reconstruct them within their own timelines and stuff so yeah. they'll redo the statues they'll literally find a statue yeah from whatever five hundred years before and yeah. like ah oh, we don't care about this guy anymore let's chisel the face down a bit more so it resembles our current yeah. king. Um, more accurately. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of, it's kind of interesting to think about. A lot of those things were recycled or repurposed yes. in that regard. And a lot of the jewelry was passed down. So, yes, a lot of a lot of them were buried in their particular jewelry because obviously whatever they keep with them, you know, passes along with them into the afterlife and things like that. But there's a lot of stuff that was kind of handed down to, you know, the sons or the grandsons or whatever it is. Um, but just 
I really found the jewelry really fascinating because some of it was just very, very intricate. Like it's crazy to think how detailed that kind of stuff was for like how old it is, like what kind of tools they had. Um, so bright and vivid and so colorful as well, which is pretty crazy. Obviously a lot of gold because they they believed that gold was, that's what the skin, like, like the god's skin was gold. made out of. It wasn't even like yeah. gold plated. No. It was real gold mm-hmm. From the inside to the outside. Yeah, and just the detail they put into the sarcophaguses or, like, the tombs. Like, it was just, yeah, just the amount of detail and level they would put into just, you know, the burial stuff in general is just crazy. So, like, that kind of stuff was fascinating. Um, Very busy inside there. Oh, it was so busy. So, they do, like, 15-minute allotments of groups that go through, but you wait in line for your group to go through and then you get in there and you're like, the people that are in there still from like 30 minutes ago. So there's yeah. no real push to get out of there. There's more of just like a slow influx to get in. So that image that you happen to see on screen, so imagine that, but the room's literally full of people. Yeah, like you're squeezing past like 40, 20. 40 people, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and everyone's still, obviously we just had a, we can't say for sure all the, because we were only there for one one time with one group of people. But mm-hmm. for the most part, everyone's quite respectful and trying to yeah. move uh, from exhibit to exhibit without, mm-hmm. you know, because everything has its own light. So someone tall like me, as soon as you walk past too close <laughs> to an exhibit, you're just putting a huge shadow on where the text and information is for that yeah. um, particular item. So everyone's quite considerate in that regard. But obviously, I'm sure there's plenty of people that have gone in there and just... Taken out the space or just space and things like stand that. right in front of the thing or whatever but, it is. Uh, before we got in there, because we were waiting around for about an hour in the city, mm-hmm. I'm like, I should probably do some review hunting to see, is this thing good? Probably <laughs> a little bit too late, but better late than never. Yeah. And it was interesting, the, the I guess, the polarity between people that loved it and hated it. Mm-hmm. If you go onto, like, Google reviews, for the most part, people are just saying, crowds are too long, kids in there. And this is reviews mm-hmm. from the past two or three months during school holidays, so it's a mm-hmm. bit different to now. Yeah. But the... Google reviews are um, quite poor. Everyone's kind of whinging about whatever they don't like about it, mostly the crowds. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you go onto Reddit and it's a completely different story. Everyone on Reddit is probably more of an ancient history buff. Yeah. It depends on the subreddit, of course. Mm-hmm. But everyone on there was saying the artifacts are crazy. Like I've been to um, other exhibits where they've shown like Tutankhamun stuff mm-hmm. or Tutankhamun or however you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, and... There's actually a bunch of people on the subreddit that were saying they've been to the main museum in Cairo, which yep. is obviously in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And this is not as good, but for somewhere outside of Egypt, this is a pretty high level exhibition. Yeah. Well, they put a lot of detail into even as things as you can kind of can't see it in this particular photo in the background here, but like the walls had like plastered as if you're inside an actual tomb yourself. So all the walls had like artwork and it was painted and like had texture and stuff. So it almost felt like you're surrounded in like a stone like a stone wall or a stone room the way that they kind of designed it which is pretty cool um so they put a lot of effort into the way that it looks of which course. is cool i mean it was 50 dollars. Yes. wasn't the cheapest thing no and you can probably get in and out in about an hour depending on how busy it is yes a lot of the reviews are saying go in the evenings because mm-hmm. i think it closes at like seven o'clock or nine o'clock and go in the evenings we went at one o'clock oh sorry 12 o'clock on a saturday mm-hmm. So obviously not the worst time possible. Peak hour in the city. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's got the day off. Kids are off school, things like that. So we didn't really think too far ahead in that regard. Yeah. So we kind of picked a better time and slowed it down a little bit. But I think we managed to see. I stopped at probably ninety percent of the stuff that mm-hmm. was there. There were some things I was skipped over just because it was 
such a small artifact didn't look that interesting and there's mm-hmm. already 10 people crowded around it so i skipped over it but for the most part it's pretty pretty cruisy mm-hmm. um it was really really fascinating what was your favorite uh artifact because it kind of ranges from the really small to the really big so yes. there was big thing this is the only um this is a wooden coffin on like rails like a sled so they could slide it through the sand and things like that mm-hmm. that was probably one of the biggest ones that wasn't like a stone carved out yes uh monument or mm-hmm. statue um there was probably 10 to 12 big statues a couple of sarcophagus mm-hmm. and coffin what's the difference sarcophagus is like the shape of the human right i think so yes um and then probably 50 percent of the stuff was jewelry and like vases yeah. and it was only like one weapon that i seen one little dagger yeah it was only one weapon um which is really interesting but that little dagger was pretty cool and yeah so and then there was a bunch of things like um like stones that just had things carved in them as opposed mm-hmm. to a statue, I guess, like the hieroglyphics carved into things. Yes. So it was a good mix. Um, for me, the most interesting stuff was the statues because was mm-hmm. just because they were so large and so intricate and they they must have just been so heavy. Oh. It, w- it would have cost so much money to import this into Sydney yeah. as well as the, uh, you know, having security and stuff on detail all day long, every day for six months, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your favourite thing? Um, I would have to say, like, obviously the jewellery was kind of cool, but there was the um, sarcophagus or, like, the big stone one that had, like, the details on the outside, but it also had um, a carved um, female god on the inside that was, okay. like, covered Let's in stars. I think it was um, this one. Maybe. No, that's the wooden one. So that was um, Ramsey's wooden tomb. Um, I don't know if they'll have it because they'll it was pretty. It. There'll be a photo. Because they had to be able to see underneath. They had like a mirror underneath so you could kind of see. But it was like. Oh, yeah, it carved. was the lid. It was the yeah. stone lid. Maybe photo so search. So it was like carved on the, yeah, on the top and then carved underneath. Pretty. Yeah. It's just the amount of detail. You can see it was so heavy. And like it this wasn't. Yeah, that one there. Um, But it wasn't. You could actually touch it. Obviously, you can't touch them, but they didn't have them surrounded by glass or anything. Like which the is pretty, expensive ones, the yeah. actual Ramsey stuff was. Yes, the ones that were from you know a couple of hundred years later, mm-hmm. where it's not an as notable pharaoh than some of that mm-hmm. stuff was. You could pretty much sneeze on it quite yeah. easily. Well, they didn't have. I thought there would be the actual mummified body of Ramses, but that was wasn't there. So they had a um. A depiction of kind of like what it'd look like. Um, yeah, there's not that many images. Basically, this is the lid for a sarcophagus. I can't remember who it was for. I think it might have been his either his son or his grandson, mm-hmm. Marint Marintar. This this is it here. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Um, Marin Marintar. I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, this is looks like a, it's a gigantic stone. It's probably yeah. six and a half, seven feet long. Um, and on the underside, which you can't see on this image, if you're just listening, you can watch on YouTube or Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, on the underside, there's another carving of a winged goddess, something to do with the, the, star, star, the stars. stars or sun, yeah. Um, she has her arms like folded out, like, like embracing pre- you. A little protective gesture they kind of say. Yeah, to yeah. come into the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's like, oh, I'll, if it was me, I'd just make it flat on one side. Mm-hmm. But that's the level of detail that I go to for someone of such high status. Yes. Um, that was a cool one. That mm-hmm. was a cool one. Well, they said that I, I knew that Ramsey's built a lot of stuff, but I didn't realize he was, like, one of the main pharaohs that built, like, heaps. Like, he was, like, the big architecture of, of like, of all the pharaohs, like he built the most, which is pretty crazy. He put his name on everything. That's what. Um, <laughs> so other than the artifacts themselves, there's lots of uh, like notes and details and mm-hmm. kind of what would you call them? Just like little excerpts about how things were run, mm-hmm. how things happened. Uh, and yeah, it was just basically as soon as you get in there, it's emphasized 
heavily that whether he won a fight, had a draw and like a, a peace settlement or he lost a fight, he was always either making a statue about it or writing about how it went and kind of inflating the uh, the losses and making everything seem like a gigantic win and kind of just putting his name on everything, on every statue and building monuments and putting his name in every city available, basically. Yeah, kind like of- in all the temples and all that kind of stuff. So he was like an OG brander, right? Like putting his brand on everything so people sort of yeah. knew who he was or they kind of like made a joke where he was a bit... Um, not vain, but like he just, he loved the stories about himself kind of thing. He wanted to be the most talked about Pharaoh ever. Which is that, is that the reason? Obviously he lived till he was like 90 and mm-hmm. did, had some of the most big, the biggest battles. Like that first battle they talk about um, with the Hittites is one of the most noticeable, notable, um, one of the earliest records of a war, mm-hmm. or like a, a big military battle. And I think it's still to this day, the one that has the most chariots involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, there's obviously he did grand things during his life and had an extraordinary life. But if he hadn't have planted his name on every bloody statue there was, mm-hmm. would we remember him as much as we do? Or is it simply because his name was in 10,000 places and his story was plastered in 10,000 places across all these dozens of cities mm-hmm. um, that we remember him? Or would he kind of be just at the same level as all the other pharaohs that we kind of know but don't uh, admire or embellish to the point that you do with Ramses? Well, I think that's where, like, the – I think – I mean, I could be making stuff up and that's what I do, but that's what we do um, here. I know, stuff, make stuff up. up. Um, but like the history is written by the winners, right? Like that kind of like ties into ancient Egypt because they're the ones that wrote down their battles, their wins, like, you know, they're the most successful pharaoh ever or things like that. But like he probably wouldn't have been as popular or as well known if he didn't, you know, put his winnings everywhere. He's prolific yeah. is the, the one word. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just – a really good exhibit worth $50. If you're in Sydney, go and check it out. I'm sure mm-hmm. it'll travel around to a bunch of other cities. Here's some, uh, one of the decorative, um, like necklaces, I necklaces. guess. And then yep. there's some that just, they just wore around their waist as well. Yeah. Um, pretty crazy. It is crazy. It's, there's so much more to learn though, either from stuff that's already been published mm-hmm. in books. In, in my case, I could go down, go down the rabbit hole of watching a bunch of documentaries, reading a bunch of books, watching yes. a bunch of YouTube videos and learning more and more and more about it. Mm-hmm. But that's the stuff that we know about. But my kind of point is there's still so much we don't know. Yes. Um, you know, all I have to do is find one tablet that has a bunch of hieroglyphics on it that kind of rewrites an entire person's history that we didn't know up until now. No, 100%. So like, and it just depends yeah, on, I guess, if they discover any more tombs or things like that. Because, again, like the desert is massive and they were known for building their burial sites not in the main cities and stuff to – Make sure people don't rob them or that kind of stuff. They put them in these weird kind of like hideaway sort of places. So there could be lots out there. Obviously, they have like some sort of like written history of like the pharaohs and like who took over and sons and sort of like a rough family tree. But there would be all these burial sites missing Mm. from like time or just eroded away or just completely destroyed and stuff. So that's the most interesting part about all this stuff. Mm -hmm. For the most part, it's at least two, it's like 3000 years old. I know. So if this is what they've found, it's not like there's uh, like how many archaeologists are out there right now excavating sites. Oh, there'll be heaps. There'll be heaps, but not like a hundred thousand people. No, there'd be like a th- thousands. Whatever, but yeah. let's just put a number on it. But what about? Obviously, there's limitations. I'm sure people that are trying to maintain Egypt's history and not have it overrun with archaeologists digging up sites willy nilly and mm-hmm. destroying the entire landscape. There has to be a, like a cap on how much excavation can be done or where it can be done, just pure 
purely for um, like heritage reasons of maintaining the land. Mm-hmm. So imagine if it was just a free-for-all, everyone could go digging. You'd, there'd be so much stuff uncovered. Obviously, we don't want that to happen. No. A slow release of information kind of makes it more interesting in the long term. It does, yeah, because you have like this just discovering these kind of like cool new things all the time, right? Like I think we started watching the Alexander documentary and them just like finding like Alexander, Alexander the Great, sorry, like little statues and all that kind of stuff. Like people are still discovering things all the time. And the more that like technology advances, whether it's, you know, underground like radars or like scanning devices or things like that, even the concept of drones and drones being able to go out far into the desert and, you know, be able to sort of scan these landmarks and the weird looking mountains and stuff. Be like, look, this kind of like from this paper or from this like hieroglyph, this kind of matches this particular land map or whatever. Yeah, it's just like the more time passes, I know the more that they're going to find out. Like you've got, um, who's the Graham Hancock? Yeah. Yeah. And like he's a big person that's like kind of out of the archaeological, I can't even speak the archaeology like area because they're not a big fan of him, but he's still trying to like discover new things and trying to figure yeah. out like the timeline. There, there's inevitably going to be a reluctance to embrace any new information because it contradicts everything we've learned and taught in schools and mm. textbooks that are written and stuff like that. Um, but science can only improve carbon dating, all these sort of things get mm. better and better and, and easier and cheaper. Yeah. So, of course, the, the way we view the world in the past, the ancient times or even beyond that, it's going to change over time. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's like- just, yeah, it's interesting. And I just love to watch documentaries about it. I know. The Alexander one was good, um, but so much more advanced. Like, I think it was like 300 BC or AC. Mm hmm. Um, so it's a good thousand years after this. Oh yeah, of course. But like, I think a really interesting thing is like because these are all like three thousand years old. So the that, like, yeah, BC. Sorry. Yeah. Um, because these are all so old. The fact that they've lasted this long is really interesting. But again, it's just because they're being buried deep underground. Like the oxygen's being like cut off, so it's all in like these kind of um. What's the what are those like rooms called when they suck all the oxygen out and like things can last longer? Like, that's like a vacuum. Been. Yeah. So it's almost they've got like a, all these like tombs and stuff. They're all, yeah, vacuum sealed in a way. So mm-hmm. like wood usually wouldn't last that long. And here you are, you've got, you know, 3,000, 4,000 year old like wood or whatever it is. Like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And this is a good documentary to watch as well. It's kind of, this was out uh, like a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. Alexander, the making of a God on Netflix. And it's in the same region. Like he goes to he goes to uh, Egypt, becomes a pharaoh himself. Well, is he's attached to Cleopatra, right? Uh, no, I don't no. think so. Was that, that a different documentary that we're watching? Where this is a- the one where he goes to fight uh, Darius and basically wants to take over Persia. Yeah, but he becomes a living god. Mm-hmm. He's like technically the son of Zeus, and then goes to Egypt. And he just wants to fight the Persians and stuff like that. Oh, that's right. Because, like, the Egyptians didn't like the Persians either. They wanted to get rid of them. They're like, okay, you you can be Pharaoh or whatever it is. Yeah, they're basically, you know, we have an aligned interest. We'll yeah. let you be the king of Egypt. And then he becomes Pharaoh um, and essentially a living god. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's in the same region just hundreds of years later. But it's, it's just an interesting world to dive into, especially for someone like me that loves documentaries, wasn't that interested in history in school. But mm-hmm. now I'm getting older. I'm in my 30s. There's not much more I can be excited about anymore yeah. other than diving into the past. So all this stuff is fascinating to a history noob like myself. <laughs> well, Alexander's kind of similar to Ramsey's in a way as well because Alexander was traveling around and trying to get his name out there and trying to get him 
like more renowned, whether it was like that story about him going to this untieable knot and like cuts it off. So he literally, you know, untied the knot. Like he's branding himself and wants to be the most talked about. Yeah. It's not person. like he's in the moment being like, I'm going to brand myself for hundreds of years. It's, no. it's purely just global domination. Yeah. And like expand, legacy. expand mm. the empire as far as possible. They don't think about. They couldn't possibly think about the future. They're just thinking about survival of today. They're just they're wearing basically the roughest of clothes, probably eating the roughest of foods, just mm-hmm. having sex with every woman there is. Basically, that they were saying, Ramses had over a hundred children. To he had like a couple of hundred mis- mistresses. Yeah, they would have ha- concubines. Yes. So, and what was interesting, we watched the VR thing after the fact. After doing the actual exhibition, the VR thing, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't pay for, to be honest. Um, you're just guarded through a temple by Nefertiti. Nefertiti? Nefertiti. That's the name? Nefertiti? Titty? Yeah. Titty? Oh, there's, I mean, there's, if you want titties, then watch the VR thing. <laughs> um, but one of the interesting things from the exhibition that I learned, again, complete noob, mm-hmm. learning as I go here, but just expressing the things that were interesting to me. He was basically one of the first pharaohs to really put his wife, Nefertiti, yes. or his number one wife, he mm-hmm. obviously had heaps of them, on a pedestal and and uh, made statues and stuff like the same size as him, basically mm-hmm. seen her as an equal in a sense. Um, and she, she was considered in her own right um, a, a huge person for that entire um, the Egyptian community or that entire world looked up to her and she did a lot of uh, traveling and uh, liaison work, I guess you could say, for lack of a better word. Um, but she was held in such high regard and, yeah, she was just adored by him, mm-hmm. which was, wasn't quite the case before that. Um, no. And I imagine it was probably that kind of mentality was probably passed down to his hundreds of children mm-hmm. um, and then down the line, down the line, which I guess kind of um, pushes equality in a sense. Yeah. Well, um, they said that like the law, like they were considered equals, but whether people kind of followed that law or sort of did that anyway was sort of like a verbatim type thing. But because, um, you know, there's the stories of like, it's the greatest love story. Like he loved her so deeply and stuff. So she died heaps, heaps, young. heaps way before he did. So he still had like, I think another 30 years or 60 years left, bef- like, gee, it was just, like, super young and stuff. So he, and he um, decorated a tomb, made it absolutely beautiful, and, yeah, it was just kind of, like, a dedication of, like, why he loved her so much. Um, but, yeah, she was just a... She was a politician as well, so she would do a lot of that kind of aspect. Yeah. I'm not going to read this article. Ah, oh, she's a... Oh, no wonder the name sounded for... Akadar, Akadarden. And see, this is what I mean. You know all these names. I'm yes. just like, Akadarden, Bakadarden. Yeah, yeah, Makadangan. Yeah, so scroll up a little. Amenhotep, Neftiti's six daughters, actually. So who was married to... Ah, oh, okay. So, so tell, tell me, tell me what's going on here. So Amenhotep... This is like Bold and the Beautiful, but ancient style. Yes. So Amenhotep is Akadarden's father who is Tutankhamun's father. So I need, Nefer- a, I need a bit of paper and a, <laughs> and a pen to draw this timeline. So families, Egyptians, home. So I think she was Tutankhamun's mother or Tutankhamun's grandmother. Who was? Grandmother? Yes. So was the wife of her second son, Amenhotep, Alpha Akhenaten. So she's related Hang to- Hang on. What, you've heard of Wikipedia, right? Yeah. Wiki. <laughs> Family tree. <laughs> I know the names. I remember mm-hmm. learning all of them in school, but I could never piece them together chronologically. Yeah. There's a lot of incest as well, obviously. Oh, well, that's probably yeah. why I didn't grasp it, the, <laughs> the concept too much. Um, yeah, because it's just, you know, it's like the royal family, right? There's just going to be a lot oh, of they hey, want to hey, keep hey, it. Hey, keep hey, 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 they're still current. We can't badmouth them. So Amenhotep. Oh, this, is a, this is a clunky ass. Clunky. Timeline. 
someone's school project, just putting the yeah, tree together. Yeah, it's amazing to just be on a gigantic mm-hmm. four by three cardboard and scanned in. So King Tut. So this is a family. So unknown. So Nefertiti. So ah oh yeah. So Akhenaten and Nefertiti. Scroll down. Where's um Ramses? Yeah. Does Ramses have a different name? Isn't he Akhenaten? Because they, oh. they have different. They have different names, right? Hang on, we're, we're giving out horrible. I mean, it's not like this is a spoiler or anything. No, it's not it? like we're a look, mum, we're history channel. Like, <laughs> and if we were, you'd be tuning out right now because we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Um, Unless this is different than Fertiti. It could be. It could be spouse. Was he? Maybe it's just. A, maybe it's a different. I know one. that I was reading that uh, Ramses, because he was so popular, there was like nineteen Ramses after him. Right. Hang on. Let's let's go backwards. Let's go Ramses. Is it, isn't it Nefertiti? Oh, man. People watching and listening right now are like, <laughs> the exhibition sounds cool. I'm going to tune Let's go out Ramses. right here. The second. Is that Ramses the second? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's uh, start logically. So, Nefertari. Okay, oh, different Oh, my one. God. Too many syllables. All right. Different different one. That's always like Nefertiti. I'm like, why does that name sound so familiar? Nefertari is the... <sighs> Okay. I think, and I think that's what a lot of people get. No, a lot of people get confused because the names sound so familiar, but it's the Nefertiti is the most popular one because she's Toots. 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 Now we're just giving nicknames to people. She's good old Toots' mum, you know. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's interesting, but the timelines fucking, they they mess with you so bad Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to work out what dynasties when and um, middle history and late, whatever it's called. It's just like, it's so much to take in. I enjoy the stories and the accomplishments Mm -hmm. and the rivalries and, um, you know, the building of a culture and civilization, but there's just so many names. It's, it's literally bold and the beautiful. Yeah. Well, like the whole reason why, and I think we've talked about this before, the whole reason why Tutankhamun was heaps popular was because his tomb was pretty much all, all together. Like it wasn't, there was nothing missing or anything. So he was popular, not because of his like pharaoh status or whatever it is, but just because of the fact that his tomb was in really, really good condition. But like Tutankhamun, like he was obviously a child of like incest and stuff. So he was like, had a lot of like diseases and deformities and things. And I think he only ruled for like a handful of years. Right. Yeah. So do they have to come from royal lineage? Um, I don't think they always did. Obviously but that was the- yeah, sometimes there's like a cousin or someone that creeps up because several, all the, the heirs have died. Yes. But in terms of like finding the wife, is yeah. the wife have to be of high status? Usually of high status could be from like another like sort of like royal family from across the way or whatever it is. But a lot of the times they'll be marrying their cousin or their sister to keep the wealth within the family. Okay. Yeah. Whereas like you've got the Roman ones and they would sometimes appoint people to be, you know, emperor or whatever it is. It wasn't always blood related. But usually with the way that the Egyptians was, most of the time had to be blood related. Same as like the British royal family had to be kind of like blood related. It says here, although Nefertari's family background is unknown, the discovery in her tomb on a knob inscribed with the cartouche. They said cartouche like a thousand times on the things. Just say, what's the cartouche? Cartouche. I think it's just like, just a tablet with writing. It's a scroll, yeah. So just text, email. Mm Oh, Pharaoh A has led people to speculate she was related to him. The time between reign of A and I and Ramses means that Nefertari could possibly not have been the daughter, though. So there's really there's no indication of mm-hmm. of any of that, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. All I needed to find is one cartouche from someone, you know, from a different um, city or something like that that shows her uh, like her family tree or something mm-hmm. like that. But in saying that. I don't think people would be like inscribing stones or leaving cartouche, cartouches, cartouches. Cartouche. If, unless the family is quite wealthy and prominent, there's like the people at the lower end of society aren't. Oh, no. Keep like 
laying their story down in, in foundation. No, no, because like that comes like that's like education, right? You need to learn how to be a scribe and all that kind of thing. So that takes obviously time and money and everything. So obviously the wealthier people would have stuff written about them. So all the poorer people were probably like slaves or work in the land. All right. So, yeah, yeah it's a fun day out. Um, mm-hmm. I learned a lot, but it actually opens up way more questions than answers for me. It does, yeah. Like it, it's just bizarre, and I think I, I totally—I for- don't know why—but I totally forgot about all the incest and stuff that happened. So the timelines just get all mushed. I'm sure they together. probably tried to forget about it as well. Probably. Actually, no, they probably embraced it. Yeah, like it's probably like a where all they probably didn't even realize it was like a. Oh, they'd have to after a time realize it's a bad thing because the kids would start to be deformed or like yeah, but they also long. not say it makes sense, but it kind of does in terms of I'm royal, you're royal. Let's just make an super ultra royal nepo godlike nepo royal yeah. baby. Mm-hmm. It's uh, kind of disgusting though. Yeah, it's just. That royal life, you know. We tried Five Guys for the first time as well, which was young. <laughs> awesome segue. <laughs> Ancient Egypt. We had burgers too. We actually had some burgers after it just because we got hungry thinking about incest for a couple of hours. <laughs> just got hungry for some red meat. <laughs> You're disgusting. That was what I was thinking about. But yeah, the VR. Um, VR, was, VR was $20 for about six minutes of basically a pony ride. Yeah, if you got astigmatism, I would suggest probably not doing it because I felt I had motion sickness towards the end of it. So even though it was short, I was kind of glad it did end when it did because I was feeling very nauseous. All right, in saying that, I was looking at the Apple Vision Pro this morning, $6,000, and if you can't handle that VR for six minutes, you can't handle Vision Pro. Probably not. I was actually looking at uh, YouTube today. The home feed. Mm -hmm. Um, How many influencers and... Oh, everyone's got videos now, but... just speaking about you and reading and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that girl's name that does all the book videos? No reads, idea. Reads books for a living, basically. There'll be many people that reads books um, for a living. Read Apple Vision Pro. Oh, reading on Apple Vision Pro. Yeah. Oh, so you're like reading ebooks. Yeah. Interesting. So we'll bring, bring this up for a sec. Uh, Haley Fam. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Reading an Apple Vision Pro for 24 hours. Ah. Which could be it. That's what I'm saying. You can't do this. Well, it's the movement that was, like, making me feel sick, so. Ah, uh, so it wasn't the actual goggles themselves. It, like, yeah, I'm sure if maybe if there was, like, the goggles were, like, stationary, might be okay. The goggles the goggles were stationary. No, well, yeah, I mean, but the chair the was, like, moving. <laughs> you're in the I'm going to spend the next 24 around. hours reading in Apple Vision Pro. <laughs> These first came out, my first thought is reading going to be like in those because as you can see i like reading a little bit these were my first questions is it going to be easier to read because there's less distractions from the outside world number two (laughs) is it going to make reading even more immersive because the reason i love reading fiction is because it feels like i actually get transported to wherever i'm reading about but this is going to be so up close and the only thing that you're looking at so will reading like a stephen king horror Uh book become even more scary or will reading about dragons feel like i'm actually there even more than i already do these are the questions that i have imagine like once they get to a point where they can incorporate um, like things coming out of the page, oh. like sound effects or like yeah. creatures coming out of the page and stuff. That'd be creepy. I think next week we talk about Apple Vision Pro, watch a bunch of videos because mm-hmm. we did the, I guess, the announcement and the news about things you could do with it. Yep. And this is actually literally the first content I've seen of any creators that are actually mm-hmm. using it. I've seen a couple of thumbnails. Obviously, um, you got that Casey Neistat. And, I think yeah. we watched some of those and, and give our thoughts. Mm-hmm. There was someone that was, um, I think it was just on Twitter or X or something that I've seen. That was basically trying to repair their car with one of these on. Oh. So you could have like your car's manual in the yes. corner and then a YouTube video of someone fixing your car 
mm-hmm. in the top corner and then you're just looking through fixing it and you can like look at the manual, look at the video and oh. see exactly rather than watching a video or having your phone mounted up on inside the hood of the car and things like that. There'd be interesting things they're doing now, even like medicine. Um, I think we watch a bunch of videos because this was just, it can be applied to every kind of yeah. niche or category or interest mm-hmm. or hobby. This is just literally just reading. I don't know what if it's looks enjoyable to her or not yeah but even like going off like the ramses thing right like if that's the way you could learn history is like being immersed in it it'd be so like in school you'd be having so much more fun rather than just like sitting at a desk and just being like having some teacher talk at you why not have like a actual tour of like what it is that you're talking about which is kind of what the i thought the vr thing was going to be but it was six minutes long yeah yeah could you imagine you're learning like shakespeare and stuff and you get to sit like in the crowd and you've got shakespeare on stage like uh, you know, doing some sort of like play or whatever it is. It'd just be a heaps more interesting way to kind of learn. So that would be good. All right. Next week we'll VR, do a VR week. deep dive. All right, guys. Tune in next week. We'll do, we'll break down the 10 best Apple Vision Pro videos to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we need to watch at least five each. Yes. Yes. See, yes, we will. That's where the yeah. math paid And it'll be, it'll be up along and it'll be out and long enough that he saw other people have their stuff. So yeah, we'll do a deep dive for you all and get back to you. But I was looking at it. It's like six grand um maybe in a few years time you can get one is that how much it is six and a half grand dick smith very expensive how long would it take for it to pay off well it depends how often you'd use it well if you get a viral video like Haley fam one video paid it off maybe could could do yeah so how, so the, how this badly this do you want no. one <laughs> just depends how badly you want one i think i'll be I don't okay for badly. i'm just curious of mm-hmm. what i could do with it Imagine if you could, like, rent one like a car. Oh, that could be an interesting venture. Yeah, so you just rent it for, like, a couple of weeks and see if you like it or whatever it is, and then if you want to invest, you can invest. Hmm. I'm sure there'd be some place that would have to be renting them out. They're so expensive. Well, wouldn't, like, Telstra or these big telcos do payment plans? Because if the concept of getting a brand new iPhone 15 is it's a great product. Everyone wants one, but no one can afford afford to buy it outright. Mm-hmm. Let's make it affordable and lock them in for a couple of years. Maybe. Wouldn't it be more profitable to, to do it on a $6,500 item? Yeah. Because they, they do have payment plans to things that aren't linked to their network or with a, a SIM card necessarily. So why don't they just do it with this? Why not? I mean, imagine you just go to somewhere like Bunnings where you can, you know, rent your carpet steamer, but this this time around you can go rent the VR goggles. <laughs> uh, what were we looking at the other day that was like $200 to rent? It's like two days ago. I don't know. What, what were we trying to rent? No, we weren't trying to rent it. We are looking at something. No idea. I think you were looking at something. I don't remember looking at something with you. Looking at properties. No. No. Oh, the um, – the- What's it called? The camper van. Oh, yes. I mean, that was 20 grand. That was 200 bucks a week mm-hmm. for the easy trail camper. Twenty? No, it was 60 grand. Oh, yeah. It was 60 grand for 200 bucks a week. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to do the math because it'd be wrong, but it'd be mm-hmm. at least a couple of years. Yeah. A <laughs> couple of years paying it off. But yeah, 200 bucks. Uh, you wouldn't pay $200 a week for it because it's no. only six grand. But mm-hmm. 50 bucks a week mm-hmm. times 12, 12 months is what, 600 bucks? Mm-hmm. It's 10 years though. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting. All right, I'll get yeah. back to you with the accurate math next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. I have no idea what number it is, but we'll be back with Apple Vision Pro do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts. Bye, everybody. See ya. See ya. <laughs> Bye.